Praise God. Thank you. You may be seated this morning. Thank you, Sue, for getting us to this point. Thank you, uh, Fred. And uh, if you didn't see it this morning, I, there was only a few of us here, but Steve and Gloria came walking in this morning. <laughs> what a blessing, huh? Yeah, praise God. Way to go, Gloria. Way to go, Steve. <laughs> it's not a one-way thing, is it? You know, the ancient um, Egyptians believed that the world was flat and it actually rested on four pillars of stone. And they thought that's how it all came about and there was no beginning, no end. It just was there. Now, the Hindu uh, religion early on believed that, and I think probably some of them still do, that um, the world itself rested on the back of an elephant. And then that elephant stood on top of a frog. And then that frog was huddled inside of a great big snake. Hmm. And then Moses comes along and says, you're all wrong. Everybody's wrong. I have the right answer. God created everything. And it changed how we look at things in our lives as Christians. It's important for us to... um, Behold that fact. We're going to talk about that a little bit the next 12 weeks. And here's the scripture. It's in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. We all know it, don't we? (laughs) In the beginning, what? In the beginning, God created. Amen? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, my friends, this is God's word, isn't it, for all of his people. Thanks be to God. Let's pray one time more, okay? God, as we uh, prepare our hearts to hear your message, help us to um, take it to heart and to um, understand a little bit more just who we are in your kingdom. Be with us. Quiet our hearts. I know we have a lot to do today, Lord. But I would pray that you would cause us just this time to let you speak to each one of us. Be with us and be with your servant today. May his words be yours. We pray it in Christ's name. Amen. It's an amazing thing as we look at God's word. It's um, one of the things that I like, I guess, most of all. His word is so shallow that a person like me, a person like me, a child of his, can drink it without ever fearing that we'll drown. And yet his word is deep enough that any scholar, you know, most of the scholars that we see can jump into the pond and never touch bottom and still be okay. It's, it's his word that is so shallow yet so deep is what I'm trying to say. And it's powerful. It's powerful. I want to say to you that, that today's scripture, in the beginning God, just that part, I, I want to share with you, I could spend the next 12 weeks just on that verse, just on those words. That's how deep his word is, and yet how, how comforting it is to each one of us in our growth wherever we're at. It's an amazing thought. 
that we will spend 12 weeks in the book of Genesis. And I want to tell you right now, I'll say it to you, that I hope the 12th week, well, that was a flyover, about 60,000 feet, you know. <laughs> we just barely touched it. I, uh, I preached a series one time on Romans for a year and a half. And I told him when I was done, I said, that's it. We're done with Romans. And everybody had clapped, you know, because we had been a year and a half at it. And I said, but that was just an overview. Next, we're going to an in-depth study. I'm just joking with him, you know. Well, today I want to look at this scripture again. Um, In the beginning, God created. And I want to, I just want to share four things with you real quickly because I want us also to take this Holy Communion today. But I want to share with you just four thoughts that come to my mind with all the reading and everything that I'm doing. As a matter of fact, at 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock until I don't know when, we're going to go through the book of Revelation, uh, or Revelation of Genesis, and, um, and um, uh, give little points along the way of everything that's going on. And uh, I shared with them this week if we could spend 12 weeks on this verse only. When we see this verse, the first thing that uh, happens to us is we look at this verse and we see God in the beginning created. Now, that's different from everything else. And I'm going to share that with you in depth. But here I want you to understand that God is not being argued that he existed. God is simply being presented. God is presented to us as the creator of the world. Did you grab a hold of that? This is powerful stuff. In the beginning, God created. We we don't see where he came from. We don't know where he came from. But we are presented with this person, God. The truth of the matter is that the Bible never does defend the fact that in the beginning, God created. But what it does defend only two times is that there are people who say God doesn't exist. And, and in Psalms, two times it says, those who don't believe God created, that God existed, are nothing but fools. So it goes, it goes to the atheist and says, you are nothing more than a fool if you don't believe that something higher than us created this. It didn't just come about. <laughs> I've had... And many people know C.S. Lewis, for example, um, went about to disprove that there was ever a God. And in the process of that, he found God. Every person that I know, that uh, theologians today that have uh, started out trying to find out where God was, found him. And they were doing just the opposite, trying to prove that he didn't exist. Uh, <laughs> People have come to me often and said, uh, can you prove to me that there is this God you're talking about? And I said, um, no, I can't. But can you prove to me that he doesn't exist? And most of them will say they can't if they're really honest with each other themselves. Here, it's a simple thing that God has presented to us. Now, that's the thing that I want you to hear. So what is our response? Our response to that is that we need to recognize him. Did you get that? That's what our faith is all about, recognizing God as the creator. 
That's the first thing. Now, the second thing is, even a little bit more stronger than that, is that God is sovereignly powerful. Sovereignly powerful. In the beginning, God, not somebody else, not someplace else, he created. He created. We need to hear that. Today we are trying, in this scientific age that we're in, we're making, what are we making? Clones. Right? We're making clone goats and pigs and everything. We're not creating anything. You all get that? We're not creating a thing. There's only one person that can create something from nothing. Something from nothing, and that's God. Only God has that creative power, that sovereign power that says, I can do this just because I speak it. We can put everything in the test tube we want. We're not going to create anything. It's already been here. God created it. All we're doing is building upon it. So, if that's true, if that's true, then what is our response to, to that? What is our response to the fact that he is sovereignly powerful, more powerful than we can ever even begin to imagine? Well, um, I think in our, in our faith and in our trust in him, this is where respect comes in. We need to respect God more than we can ever imagine. And part of the problem with Christianity today is we don't respect him. We don't respect his tenets and what he's saying to us. We don't respect his, his life and what he's saying to us. We don't respect his creative power and say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do it my way. And we have lost the respect, the awe, the fear of awe of who he is. We have lost that in our creation today, in our world, in the place that we live in. In the beginning, God created. He's presented to us, and then we sense his um, power, and that takes um, um, that faith that we need to, to know who he is and that respect of that whole thing. And then there's a third thing. God is um, strategically, get that, strategically powerful. I, I, I like that an awful lot. He's sovereignly powerful. But he's strategic too. When you, when you look, when we look at creation today, even today, of all that we have done to God's world, it's still, still things are going. I, I was sitting there this morning thinking uh, about this point, and I thought... And just about that time, there was this heaviness that came over my, my chest. And I thought, oh, what is that? And, and, and then I thought, well, I don't know, but God created it. And, and, and um, uh, I know I was stressing out about this time is what I was doing. You guys ever do that? Stress out about anything? No. And, and our system just keeps on functioning, doesn't it? In the midst of everything going on, we just keep on functioning. Now, I, I don't know if you know this or not, but that's doggone powerful. We, we can't even begin to imagine the intelligent design and purpose. Um, we do our best to scientifically to, to see it, but it is just utterly amazing how everything keeps on going. And I thought about that a, a little bit, and I thought, well, there's something strategic about this that I don't quite understand. And then I started thinking about it, and, and whenever I read this thing that God in the beginning created, I'm thinking about, well, shoot, he created that for himself. He created all that we see 
for himself. Can you imagine that? You guys grabbing a hold of that? He created it all so that he would have something to be happy about. It was all chaos. It was crazy. And he said, oh, let's do something with that. And so he made something that would bring him pleasure. And, and in more important than that, I think he made something that would literally praise him. I think before we came along, there was flowers lifting up their faces to him saying, hey, thank you. You know, there's birds probably flying around eating good, you know, and saying, oh, my goodness, Lord. Jeez, I'm glad you brought me in. And if Fred was here, he'd say the rabbits were having fun. You know, there's only two in the, in the... But how many did he say there was in there? A whole lot wasn't the rabbits in the ark. You know? Remember that song? <laughs> oh, never mind. So God created this world that we live in for his pleasure and for it to praise him. And if you don't believe that, you need to read scripture and hear where it says, if we don't praise God... Don't worry, it's okay because the world will. Nature will do it. These stones will praise him, it says. I think he also did this because he knew that we were going to be here and he wanted us to be in a great place. And I think he created all these things for each one of us, for everyone that has been born and died and for those that haven't been born and aren't living yet. He has created all that we see so that we might be people who praise him for that strategic power of putting all this together that we're able to function our lives every day and give him, give him the praise he deserves. God is um, strategically um, purposeful, purposeful, and our response is nothing more than what I've just said. We need to worship him. Amen? You grabbing hold of that? Each one of these things has a response that we need to give. And this one is we need to worship him. And then I think, lastly, God is, um, he is a savingly personal God who created. Savingly personal. Um, Contrary to fact, I think that God is more of a person like you and me than we can ever imagine. We have him as some deity hanging around that's not touchable, that's um, um, other than us. And in my feeble-mindedness, I don't see God that way. I see God as us. I see him as, as a, a person that is revealed to us in the, Lord, in the Lord our Savior Jesus. Now, that can be many different things. You know what I mean? That can be that when you say that, we think, okay, he's white and has a nice tan and blonde hair. Amen? And he's got a sort of a uh, Mideast look to him. We were in Haiti one time and in a very large Catholic church and and um, they were very supportive of the mission work and and um, they actually were trying to get people to plant trees and they would give them a pound of rice if they let a, a tree planted would let it grow for more than a year they'd give them a pound of rice every year he didn't give too much rice out 
But his sanctuary was beautiful. Because in his sanctuary, it started over here on the right side instead of on the left side, which was wrong right away. But on the right side, it started with the creation of the world. And then went around over in the side over here, and they had the, the revelation of the world coming to an end. And it was all hand done by Haitians. And everybody in it was black. And everybody in it looked like a Haitian. The priest that was there was never happy. Matter of fact, when he was explaining it to us, you could still see him. It had been up there for over 10 years. He, he was not happy. The priest had been there all those years. He never left the parish because... He knew that once he left that, that church for any amount of time, they were going to do something to that front wall. And he didn't want them to do it because he knew they wouldn't do it right. And he wanted them to do it the right way. I mean, they wouldn't do it. <laughs> they wouldn't paint it. They thought, what are we going to paint a, a white person for our Savior for? We don't know any white people as our Savior, you know. So he went away and, and he was gone for a week and a half and he came back and the mural was painted. And they all looked, and they had Jesus on the, on the cross, and there Jesus was, the black Haitian. Were they wrong? Praise God. They weren't wrong, were they? But he didn't like it. <laughs> he didn't like it because they didn't do it the way he wanted it done. Praise God. I'm telling you, um, God is savingly personal. One of the great problems that the... Uh, American Bible Society had when treating um, different texts was to paint the picture of the Lamb of God dying for them. And they got more trouble than you can ever imagine years and years ago when they translated that the Lamb of God and they translated the seal of God. The baby seal of God. And it was going to a bunch of Alaskans that never had seen a lamb in their life. He said, why would we translate a lamb when they don't know what a lamb is? Let's talk about what they live on. Let's talk about what, the, what gives them their hope and their joy to make it through every winter, every summer, every year of their life. The seals that they get. I'm telling you, friends, he is sovereignly personal. He's a person that's there for everybody. And, um, and he's there in their way and their purpose and to do nothing more than to redeem. And that's what God is all about. When God created, when God created in the beginning, 50 years ago, a new person was born. Amen? 50 years ago, September the 13th, a new person was born. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Those who are in Christ are now new. The old is gone, the new has come. He created that, I didn't do it. Amen? That's what I'm talking about. God is savingly personal for us. What is our response then into that? What I just said, what I just said, we need to receive him. In the beginning, my friends, God created. Let's put our foundation on that. We have to have that faith. My friend Bob, Pastor Bob, or uh, Dr. Bob would always say to me, there has to be more than something than just believing. And I said, there is. We have to have faith. 
And he said, well, that's not work. I said, that's something that we should have. And I said, that's it. And we grow in that faith. And that's what I want to do in these next 12 weeks to help us understand the book of of, uh, Genesis, to understand that it talks to us. It tells us that we have this God who created. Amen? Let's go to prayer real quick. God, thank you. Thank you for helping us understand that, that we indeed have to do these things. They're, they're not a, a, a maybe or anything, but we need to recognize you. And we need to um, and do nothing more than respect you much more than we do. And we need to, in our lives, worship you even better. And we need to, indeed, bring you into our lives and accept your salvation. Help us to do that in these days. Help us to do these things better, we pray. Even as we take this Holy Communion this morning, help us not to take it as a ritual, but help us to understand who it is that you, God, created. We pray this in your Son's name and for his glory today. Amen. Amen.